Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hi there everybody what's going on hi chelsea What's happening? How's it going? Really good, actually. Our little puppy is growing up. He's a month older and, you know, getting potty trained, getting there, getting there. Wendell Beignet is a month older. (laughs) Oh, poor Wendell Beignet. What's going to happen to Wendell's life? He's going to get chubby like a pug should. He's going to come out of the closet very soon. Oh, yes. Yes, he's definitely definitely gay, for sure. He for sure is with a name like that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Chelsea, I have a quick follow-up for you. This is from Rachel. She called in on our Mike Probiglia episode, and she was the one who was getting married, and her brother-in-law was not letting her sister's kids come to the wedding. Hi, Catherine and Chelsea. I'm so sorry about just now replying. I was waiting and hoping that something would possibly change, but unfortunately, that did not happen. My niece and nephew will sadly not be a part of my wedding. We're about 40 days from the big day, and after trying to reach out to my ex-brother-in-law again, we've just accepted the situation as it is. It's been about eight months since he and I have spoken, and things are so messy that he and my sister still have to communicate through a co-parenting app for documentation and legal purposes. It's apparent that he's hurting deep down, and I just hope he can get some help and heal one day. 
On the bright side, my sister seems happier than ever nowadays. She's thriving in her career as an elementary school principal, and she's been able to really focus on herself for the first time in a while. So we've taken your advice and decided to have a private, quote, pretend wedding in my parents' backyard the week before our wedding. That way, my niece and nephew can be our flower girl and ring bearer and have all the attention and happiness directed toward them. Truthfully, I just want them to be okay and not have their childhood stripped of their innocence. Chelsea and Catherine, you two are awesome. Thank you for keeping us all laughing during some shitty situations. Love, Rachel. P.S. I'll be sure to send a picture of the three of us at our backyard wedding. Stay tuned. Oh, that's cute. Nice solution. That's good. Yeah. That's all good vibes. Too bad about the brother, but whatever. It is. And sometimes we just have to let other people do what they're going to do and make the best of a situation. And I'm really happy that she's choosing to do that. We've got an amazing guest today, Chelsea. Yeah, we do. Actually, we just worked together, sort of, but not really. We both did Kim Kardashian's Skims campaign, bra campaign. Uh-huh. And and we both, I noticed, used the same hairdresser. Oh. Hairdresser. That's like an art, <laughs> an outdated term. But anyway, hairstylist, Renato, this guy Renato. Mm-hmm. And her hair looked so badass during the campaign or for the photos. When we got all the photos, I was like, I thought my hair looked good. And then I saw Brooke Shields' hair and I was like, whoa, wait. But then I realized she's Brooke Shields. But yes, <laughs> that's who our guest is today, Brooke Yay! Shields. Yeah, and she's known for her luscious hair. Oh, she's known for her lusciousness. Yes, absolutely. She is an actress, model, CEO, and host of the Now What podcast. Please welcome Brooke Shields. Hi, Brooke. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you feeling? Oh my God, better, but I still, my throat still has a pickle, a tickle pickle. <laughs> oh. Every, I guess it must be post-nasal drip, but I'm lying in bed and I go like this 50,000 times. I'm glad I'm single at this time in my life because I don't know who <laughs> would want to have sex with me. All I go is like this. <clears throat> <clears throat> my, my, Chris does that. My husband, Chris, does that. It drives me Insane. <laughs> I know, right? Insane. Because it's Such- neither nor. It's not a great cough. And it's not really a, <clears throat> it's something else. <laughs> it's con- commit to one or the other. I, on the subject of your husband, Chris, actually, good place to yes. start for us. Because I knew Chris years ago, which I think I mm-hmm. told you about. I used to wait tables at a place called Roasty on Montana. And Chris was a young writer who would come in and he was a really nice guy. And I think he had some friends that he would come in with, other writer guys. Yeah. And he would come in and I, that's how I knew him. And then he went <laughs> off and married you. And then I never saw him again. Well, <laughs> see, it was a natural progression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Men, men who stopped speaking to me completely. <laughs> oh, he said to say hi, by the way. He oh, did, he, oh, tell him I say hi back, please. I will. I will. I will. I will. Um, but you guys have had such a long, successful relationship, marriage, partnership. I was wondering if you could speak to that and tell us a little bit about how you feel about your side of the street in your relationship, how you feel like you've grown as a woman within your relationship with having a family and everything? Because these are things I ha- I can't really relate to. So I'm so curious. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i his first marriage, or he likes to say I'm her current marriage. But I, I had a marriage before. And I think that that was probably one, a really great thing because I learned really what I didn't want in a relationship. Maybe I should have learned it without having to actually go through the marriage. But I think that it's, first of all, it's a lot is attributable to him because he's a very solid 
person. He doesn't get threatened easily by any of any of that. I come with a lot. Mm. You know, I come with a lot. It's hard. It's hard. I not only my history, but because I'm recognized and because the world feels like they own me. I think that, you know, I come with a lot. So he's very, very patient. And one of the things that I think what he was willing to do is adapt to certain things that I have asked him. For instance, when we first met, it was always funny how he would make fun of me. And he made fun of me. Like, he would just, I'm, I do really geeky, stupid things. And like, I'm that kid that always had that different color highlighters and I'm organizing and I like underlining. And, you know, I just, I do things that are kind of geeky. <laughs> and, and he used to make fun of me or the fact that I couldn't cook. And it was cute in the beginning because it was, it felt really personal, but it was never mean, but they were little things. And as, you know, like 10 years into the relationship, I said to him, you know what, I'm growing as a person and I'm, I don't want to self-deprecate as much as I used to in the same way and for the same reasons. And you kind of knocking me down a couple of pegs doesn't feel cute anymore to me. Wow. And I know it sounds like a bait and switch. And I know I'm changing the terms here, but we all have to adapt. And you've mentioned accountability when we were talking one time. And I think that there is accountability to, you're not trying to change the other person, but there are certain things that have to become a compromise and you have to be able to express what you need and also be able to change in little ways that do make a huge difference to your partner. And that type of back and forth and exchange has been just really healthy for us. Wow. Yeah. Like he'll, if I start a sentence with to him, I don't think you realize how much I have on my plate or something like that. He cannot stand it. Because it mm. underestimates how much he really does understand hmm. about me and my life. And so he'll he'll get prickly with something like that. So I have to keep in mind that that's not a kind that's not a rhetoric that he it it just makes him bristle. and he in a in a second, he's got his ire up, you know. So I think that the willingness to be, you know, people say, oh, friendship. And so first of all, laughter is just key. I mean, he just makes me laugh. And that's been a big part of our relationship. He is such a good father and he puts in the time and that makes being a mother so much more palatable in, in many ways for me, even though I've always wanted to have kids. It's really not easy. And it's a full time. It's just forever. <laughs> And then some. It's forever yeah. and then some. It's never over. No. And then sometimes loving that much is just a pain in the ass. It's just, you're just like, <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. I could imagine. It's the kind of worry that you're just like, God, mm -hmm. did I did I want to feel this horrible? <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I, I, I had that conversation with a really good friend of mine, and she's sort of belaboring the fact that she's not having children. And she never wanted them. And then the clock got a certain to a certain place and then it became difficult and then it became, oh no, what am I missing out on? And I said, you know, don't lose sight of how you can get love from her husband's grandchildren or how, you know, and also to keep in mind that she never was motivated to have you do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a part of, of her the way it was a part of me. 
I, I say that in my stand-up special, my new stand-up special, I talk about like if you're on the fence at all about becoming a mother, then don't become a mother. Like if you're questioning it, if you're not 150% in, in it and saying like, this is what I want, I can't live without it, then you shouldn't have a baby because right. it is that kind of commitment. You can't be like, well, I guess I'm getting older and I may as well have one. You know, right. tell your friends to call me. I'll just shake her out. <laughs> well, it's also true that, you know, A, I don't, I respect the way you talk about it, because not everybody should want to have children. If they don't want to, they shouldn't be shamed into it. And it's a, you know, it is also, it's the kind of thing that there's a lot to it. And, you know, it's not going to fix a relationship. I hear couples talk about, you know, their marriage is having trouble and they think a baby is going to fix it. (laughs) Trust me. No, it's not. Whatever your problems are become magnified, right? When you have babies. (laughs) Absolutely. And then the, then the blame starts and you're just like, this is just becoming degraded. <laughs> now what, okay, because I know you have, you've spoken a lot and written a lot about your relationship and the difficulties with your relationship with your own mother. And I, so I think for your, I'm so curious about when you became a mother, I mean, you must have had such an inner dialogue going on for fear of replicating any of the stuff that was so painful or hurtful to you. The weirdest thing is I've done so much work on myself in therapy for decades that I focused on the things that I want to replicate rather than just the things I didn't want to replicate because I had done so much work. And so to compare myself in in any way, in a negative way, to a woman who really was so broken and couldn't do the work on herself or for herself. And, you know, she's not only just alcoholic, I don't think she could ever get through step seven or whatever the amends one is. But I think that her humor was so important. Her willingness to have fun with me, her belief that I should always have someone my own age around me, even within this industry, her very frank way of of discussing anything. You know, she was ballsy and that really protected me. And so I try to remember those things and I try to be careful about my drinking because the, I know that that is in my blood. I'm surprised at how how much freedom emotionally I give my kids. Hmm. You know, how I I never thought that talking to them about sex and talking to I thought because my mother never talked to me about anything. You just were told, don't do it. You'll burn in hell. And then I became sort of known for being a virgin. We talk about everything together and I have no judgment and I'm shocked at myself. Wow. You know, I mean, we talk about it all and I didn't think that I'd be comfortable with it on that level. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking about my nieces and nephews, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I would be the closest to non judgmental, but I'm still, they're like my little babies. And I'm like, I can't even think about <laughs> the things that they might be up to, getting up to right now. It's crazy. It's just so crazy. And, but I, you know, I always say it's just, it's important that you have an ally within these, these times in your life because you're going to need it. And who better than your mom, in my case with her, because I'm always going to be here for whatever it is. I'm like, but don't be an idiot. (laughs) Do either of your girls remind you of your mom? Oh, that's a great question. There are some times when my 
older daughter will do something that is just so defiant. Like she's got balls, my daughter. (laughs) And you think that I would see my mom do that, or she would do things just to be the first one dancing on the table or something like that. So there are some kind of ballsy. And her sense of humor, my mom's sense of humor does really sort of breathe through Rowan in particular. Yeah, that's cool. That must be really like meaningful to see. It is, because I'll say things that my mother would have said that just can sound borderline. Like, you know, when a dog is outside the deli or something and they're looking inside to see where their master is, like their master's, like they just can't, they can only look at their master or whatever. My mother used to walk by the dogs and go, she's never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a sick joke. It's a sick joke. And and my mom was full of sick jokes like that. And (laughs) so, and I would like try them out on Rowan. And she was like, mom, that's so sick, but it is so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Well, I think that's a really beautiful sentiment. You know, taking the best out of a relationship is what we should all be doing out of our difficult relationships, out of our beautiful relationships, out of our best relationships, but taking the best things about that and trying to replicate those instead of focusing on the things that you don't want to replicate, focusing on the things that you do. The minute you start going down the road of the things you don't want or the things that are bad, you're now demonizing Mm. this person even more, especially if they're not alive, right? And then you're not even giving yourself a chance to sort of not live with rose-colored glasses about who they were, but to also sort of say, people are complex and I'm going to try to shift this and start with a positive rather than, you know, making myself terrified that I'm, you know, things... I'm my own person too, you know, and I think that that's important for people to remember is that they are, they can be their own people. (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and get to some callers who need some life advice, Brooke. We're going to dish it out and give real people advice on what to do in situations. Catherine, are we ready to take a quick break? I think we're ready to take a quick break. Yes. Oh my God, we're taking a break and we'll be right back. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, 
further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to switch up the order that I intended these in because we've already been talking about dogs and I see you have, it's Pepper, right? You have Pepper there yeah, with you? she's clearly bored because <laughs> she just got up and left now. Our yeah. dogs yeah. all bored all the time. Isn't that why they're sleeping all of the time? At least my dogs are sleeping all of the time. Yeah, I feel like cats are more bored than, than dogs. I think dogs, oh, yes. I don't know. Mine is so neurotic and insecure. My dogs are like cats. I have two cat dogs. <laughs> wow. And I have a neurotic, separation anxiety dog is he a poodle mix she's a portuguese water dog i mean oh oh, those are nice dogs what happens when you have a dog in the city isn't that just a fucking huge pain in the ass brooke to have to go outside into the city every time they need to go out yeah it's it can be a it can be but you know you get your their dog people in town and we are able to leave the city in the summer and have the best of both worlds. I mean, what's hard is making sure your dog can tell you when they have to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. which like I now know her look, obviously, when yeah. she's got to go, but she's not clear. Like she doesn't go to the door and like paw the door. So there've been many a package left for us. Ah, yes. We uh, trained our little pug Mimsy using bells. So she, if she has to go out, she just goes and rings the bell. I mean, we take her out at Amazing. regular intervals anyway, but it's it's a lifesaver. It's a carpet saver. Yeah, well, it's too fucking That's late for us, crazy. Catherine. Thanks for the hot tip now. I mean, we can't train these dogs to ring doorbells. Sorry, guys. Doorbells. Not dog can't learn. Okay, well, and I, I actually just got a new puppy, but I actually picked this question for you weeks ago. Oh. So this question comes from Lindsay. Lindsay says, Dear Chelsea, should we get a new dog? It's been over four years since our dog passed away. 
She felt like a soulmate to me, and we went through so many life events together. I loved her in a way that makes my heart burst, even today. Her passing was tragic and took years to get through. I feel her presence all the time, and I miss her every day. In the last year, I've been finding myself wanting the physical presence of a dog again. However, I'm terrified of not feeling that same love for a new dog, while also being terrified that I'll feel that strong feeling again, which ultimately means I'll feel terrible loss again. We travel often, have two senior cats and a six-year-old. Our lives are busy, so I also wonder if maybe the timing isn't right to add a dog to our family. How will I know when the time is right? How do I get past the fear? Lindsay. Just get a fucking dog, Lindsay. I mean, this is not a hard problem at all. Go get a dog. And don't compare that dog all the time to your deceased little love bug because it took me a while too. And I was like, I'm not going to love this dog as much. And then I was resistant and poor dog didn't know the difference. She didn't know my other dog, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I just think get a dog and, and it's good for a a little girl to grow up with, with a dog. I mean, you know, you're going to end up doing all the work obviously, Mm -hmm. but, but also once you get a new dog, your love transfers, you don't have any choice, but to love and focus on that dog that you're not going to have be comparing it to your other dog even like I've had so many dogs and every time I you just have a different kind of love for them you're like oh my god this is my number one now it actually helps you get over the loss of the other one too actually Mm -hmm. too and if you have just one kid I mean think about if you had another daughter would you only love the six-year-old more than the the baby I doubt it (laughs) yeah exactly so you just it's like growing another heart Mm. yeah so buck up and just go get that dog okay I think so Lindsay get the dog (laughs) Well, that was easy. (laughs) That was probably the easiest question we've ever gotten. So, (laughs) oh boy. Okay. Well, our next question comes from Jessie. She's a caller. She says, Dear Chelsea, my boyfriend and I recently went on a camping trip with his whole family mom, dad, sister, and his nephew. My nine year old son and our dog also joined us. Three days in, we had reservations to go whitewater rafting with my boyfriend's sister, her son, my son, and my boyfriend. The beginning of the river was amazing. We were all laughing, screaming, and having the best time. Shortly into it, I decided to move back a seat to sit next to my boyfriend. His sister is an aggressive type A and promptly turns around to tell me to move back to my original seat. I told her it should be fine because I'm still paddling in the same area I was before. She continued to tell me, no, I need to move back while raising her voice. I told her not to talk to me like that, and all hell broke loose. Uh-oh. Ruh-roh. Mm-hmm. She used this moment to stand up, point her finger in my face while telling me all the things she's always hated about me since day one. She concluded it by saying, and I'm not the only one who feels this way. I immediately broke down and cried the rest of the two-hour trip down the river. We packed up our camp and drove back home as soon as we got back to the campsite. His mom and dad sided with his sister and also doubled down on all the resentments they have had toward me for the four years we've been together. Nothing they've said makes any sense to me, and I honestly feel broken, sad, and confused. I lost my dad to COVID in 2020 and have considered his family my family. I can feel the energy shift in my relationship with my boyfriend, and I truly don't know where to go from here. Please help. Jesse. Oh no, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hey. This is our special guest, Brooke Shields, is here today. Hi, Hi Brooke. Hi. It's so, so nice to see y'all. <laughs> I mean, first of all, raft trips are not easy. They're they're <laughs> challenging and they're 
they bring out a lot in people. I think that was <laughs> that was one of the issues for sure. What did yeah. your how did your have you spoken at length to your boyfriend about all of this? We actually both started seeing a therapist. We both see the same therapist now, which is convenient. So on Sundays, basically, the, he does him at 10 a.m. and me at 11 a.m. And wow. we're both kind of talking it out with our therapist. Cool. So, I mean, we're just, we're trying to get through it. It's just, it was a lot. And he's not really sure where to go from here either. Like, what what is he what? saying? Like, how does he feel? I mean, what does he agree with his family? Did he know that they felt this way? He... He's a different person with them than he is with me. He's very quiet around them. He's very, doesn't really speak his mind. But when he's with me, he's like, that was obviously crazy, you know? And basically, I don't want to surround myself with somebody that's really negative and that just ha- brings that energy around. So he doesn't really agree with it at all. Well, usually though, but there's also a part in a relationship where to a certain extent, your partner has to be able to stick up for you in some way, and it can be done in a loving way, but you are his choice. His family, he was, didn't have a choice about, you know, is he older or younger than the sister? He's uh, younger. She's actually my age and he's three years younger than me. And what's her life situation? She's a single mom. She's always had that aggressive side, a little just abrasive. I think it's kind of like a guard she has up to protect herself, if that makes sense, because she's kind of always been on her own and she does take care of her son by herself. So it's just her and him. What's interesting about that is there, I feel like there's some jealousy and projection, but also when anybody says, and I'm not the only one that feels that way, that's sort of a cop out because they're not owning their vitriol. (laughs) You know, they're sort of pawning it off on someone. Yeah, else. I hate that. I hate that when people use that in fights. Oh my God, it was so hurtful. That it's so was immature. for me. Yeah, I immediately started crying. And so unfair, by the way, to the rest of his family also, because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that can be an opening for the rest of his family talking to them and sort of saying, is this true? Do you have a problem with me that I don't know about? Because I love your brother. I love your son. Can we talk about this just because to hear it like that and it being such an outburst, there has to be something else either going on. I mean, I would save her to last, but... <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny you say that because we had this conversation yesterday and I'm like, you know, I feel like this was a obviously a projection of something, but this might have something to do with her and his relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, maybe that's what made her because there wasn't anything that led up to that other than me changing seats on the raft that right. made her so angry. Yeah. Is there another sister? Is it just the two of them? It's just the two of them. Yeah. Well, you're invading her space. And, you know, yeah, something that popped up for me reading that imagining myself like if I were the sister blowing up at you is potentially she had some anxiety about the whitewater rafting and you moving it like brought out this other stuff. But she's also clearly been harboring resentments. And I'm so bummed out that this mm-hmm. happened to you. But I'm also sorry this happened in front of your son. Like any adult. That was one of the main issues for me was it happened in front of my son. I couldn't yes. knock her teeth out. You know, I couldn't 
I couldn't scream at her. I ha- I just went in the other direction. But that's okay because you don't want to scream and yell because that's right. a loss of control. Her screaming at you in the middle of a whitewater rafting trip is like a complete loss of control. So if any, yes. like that's on her. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a, a million ways to have a rational conversation when you have issues with somebody. Flipping out in the middle of a trip is a loss of control that you need to apologize for. That's where accountability comes in. You have to go, God, that was really inappropriate, especially in front of your kid. Yeah. And also, yeah. if you don't have the guts to tell me personally, you need an audience. What I don't know what that says about her. You know, yeah, I think I, I yeah. think she's she's obviously triggered. And mm-hmm. maybe sounds like she's jealous of whatever she thinks you have, including her brother. Or-, or angry just at her own circumstances. So what were the complaints that she had about you? What did she say? Oh, my God. They were so ridiculous. One of the main ones, because I didn't hear them from her. The only thing on the trip that I heard was that I keep bringing up their childhood and she doesn't like that. I, I don't know. I like to get really deep. When I talk to people, I, it's all almost to a fault. Like I immediately start talking about therapy and, you know, everybody needs therapy. Therapy is great. And I live in South Alabama. I live in, in a small Southern town, but the people around here just aren't that way, mm-hmm. you know? And whenever I talk to them about it, I can see they get uncomfortable, but I almost take that as an opening to keep going and like helping them just be happier and live happier lives almost you know we don't have to worry about this other shit we can be on a happy path if we want to but i think maybe they did see me as a threat i don't know maybe Mm -hmm. they saw me that's what our therapist is saying that like i caused a disruption in their family unit which is Mm -hmm. no fault of yours it's not a fault right. of yours. I'm like, but I'm just dating this guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a fault of yours at all. I mean, I also think holding a mirror up to people, you know, they get really threatened if they don't have the guts to do that kind of self-exploration, you know, and admit things that, you know, maybe aren't the best about them. But this is not your fault. I mean, God, I just, I want him to come to your aid. But I don't want it to be my decision. You know, we had this conversation yesterday. I'm like, well, I would, what I would love for you to do is to do this, you know, to go over there and stand up for yourself and say, this is who I am. And, and we're not mad about any of the complaints. His mom is the one who came over and kind of started using this opportunity to tell me about things that have made her angry over the years about me. And one of them was that I didn't help do dishes on Thanksgiving two years ago. And on on my side, I'm like, all you had to do was ask and I'll do the dishes, you know, but also I don't really pick up after myself when I'm invited to Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) You know, it's like, this was your house, you know, this is your stuff. And, but all you have to do is ask, Um, but it was really petty stuff like that. Like I didn't help pick up dishes at Thanksgiving. I didn't help bring bags over to the campsite. I didn't help them unload the stuff from their, from their car to their tent, just things like that and how they don't think I treat their son right. But well, listen, all of these examples you are giving are reasonable things for someone. Listen, when I go to somebody's house, I don't know how to do dishes, but I always clean up after myself, whether it's Mm -hmm. someone else's house or not. That's just Mm -hmm. kind of like a nice thing to do. So the things that they're saying, whatever, it doesn't matter whether they're right or you're wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. the matter of how you're having the conversation, right? If they have resentments and like, they shouldn't have to ask you to come and help with the dishes as a guest. You should try and help. And then they either say no or thank you. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? No, you sit down or thank you. You know, there's, there's a certain like measure of manners that you should impart. And when, especially when you're at your boyfriend's parents' house, just Mm -hmm. 
out of decency, right? Right. So all of these things, it's it's like, okay, that's a good point. That's a bad point. It doesn't matter. It's just a matter of the tenor of the conversation because they've they've clearly painted you as this person that doesn't help out wherever you go. Camping over to Thanksgiving, they think you're selfish and that I would imagine that you don't treat your boyfriend with respect in their eyes. That's what they're thinking. Right. It's funny. The dishes thing is a funny thing because my daughter just recently said to me, she said, mom, I'm amazed at how badly behaved a lot of young people are. She said, whenever we're at dinner at someone else's house, she was like, mom, my sister and I are always the first up to go help with the dishes. And it's either, oh my God, thank you so much, or no, 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 honey, sit down. Like, you know, but it's that little gesture. There are little things that go a long way, but these things feel that there's something deeper. deeper. Yes. That they're using mm-hmm. these petty things to say, oh, she's a princess. She doesn't want to help with anything. You're obviously not that, but it feels like there's something deeper. You know, you're taking her son away. Are you his first real relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, you're the other woman with regards to the sister. Whenever these things happen, it's always about that person, the person mm-hmm. doling out. The person doing that is the person with the issue for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. hard for you to say. But it's also important to say to take accountability when it's when you don't even feel like you've done anything wrong. You know what I mean? To be a bigger person in this larger conversation that you're having about your relationship. I think it's really important for you to consider everything that they're saying and whether or not you think you're wrong or right doesn't matter. Right. It's just about the actual tenor of the conversation, because if you come back at them calmly in a month or so or whatever and say, hey, listen, I've thought a lot about everything you guys said and I want to take some accountability and responsibility for my end of the thing. And I will definitely contribute more and this and that. But I also, you also need something in return for that too. So when you're going to therapy with you and your boyfriend, like when you say your boyfriend doesn't know how to move on from this, you've been together for four years. Are you contemplating splitting up over this? It was actually, it was a thought just because I felt like I was coming between him and his family. But isn't that a defensive thought, though? Is that a real thought or a defensive? Yeah, it was totally an insecurity. It was fully based off of he's going to choose them. So I better hurry up and end this. Uh huh. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just this whole thing just made me really uncomfortable. Like the face to face confrontation kind of scared me. And I'm like, well, my son is traumatized. And I've tried to have open conversations with him just just so he's not traumatized. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, 
playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Do you think sitting down and having a face-to-face conversation with his parents would be beneficial? I think that you need to, I think, yes, I think you're on the defense and you have every, I understand why, but I think you need to like lower your defenses and come from a a place of understanding and love because they're looking at you as a threat and a a loss. So like Mm. you have to be bigger than that and you have to go, okay, these people are scared that they're going to lose their son. They found a bunch of things they don't like about me. Let me make this easier for everybody. You know what I mean? And you be the bigger person. Who cares how they behaved? Who cares how they acted? You can actually make like a blueprint for them moving forward on how you're all going to communicate together. So it is a big opportunity for you to be a bigger person and to actually come from your heart, not being defensive, not trying to get rid of him before he gets rid of you or get rid of him before his family gets rid of you. Because... Mm -hmm. That's not really anything, you know, then you might just be losing somebody that's supposed to be in your life. If you put the effort forth coming from a place of love and then it doesn't work out, then you have no regrets and you have nothing to be ashamed about, nothing at all to be ashamed about. And the most disarming thing is coming at people with love because I always say to my daughters, tug of war only works if both people are pulling. And it's so disarming to sort of say, all right, I'm gonna own my part in this, but when you these conversations, I've learned not to say, you made me feel like this. You did this. I mm-hmm. say, when you said that, all of this insecurity came up in me. And I'm so sorry if, mm. if I haven't. I didn't know that was the proper. I didn't know that's what you wanted. And I'll always, you know, and it's once you 
give them the littlest thing. Like, you know, I'd love to help you in the kitchen. I didn't, I didn't think whatever the reason is, then you're, you've lowered the frenetic, like you said, the tenor of the whole communication. And then you can say, you know, I'm not trying to steal your son. I love this, you know, family or whatever you have to say. But I do think that once you come at it from a place, like Chelsea said, of love, nobody can fight against that. There's yeah. no nothing to fight against. Now, they may not be the kind of arrived people emotionally yes, that will be right. able to handle it. You kind of have to be ready for that, too. You know, and then you're like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to fight with you. <laughs> I'm trying mm -hmm. to understand because... I felt hurt and I felt embarrassed in front of my son. Yeah. And this is an important moment. You know, we were on a vacation. That's a very intimate thing. And I don't want that to be the memory from this. Can we move through this? And can we have an open conversation so that we can all own this and own our truth without hurting each other? Yeah, that's such a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Anything it's the harder thing to do. It's the high road you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But it's so admirable and it's so freeing because like Chelsea said, then there's zero regret. And also there's no defensive. Like, you know, if she's defensive, if the sister's defensive, if the mother's defensive, you don't match that defensiveness. The only way to diffuse that is to have no reaction to that. Right. So if someone's screaming at you and you're not screaming back at them and mm -hmm. you're just looking at them, then where do they go? But the, that situation just diffuses. It has to, because you can't yell alone. So like, mm -hmm. that's where I would say to, a, you know, to go to mentally when you have this conversation and it should be in person and it should be with the whole family because they owe you that for putting you in that situation in the first place. You know what I mean? And also, I think that he obviously, these are two very strong women in his life. Was the, his dad there? Mom and dad weren't on the raft with us. They were back at the campsite. Oh, okay. But yeah, he was there, so to speak. I wonder if that's the dynamic that has been set since he was a little boy. You know, you've got these two demonstrative women that mm -hmm. he always is silenced or his masculinity is is not, you know, important or he watches how his mother treats his dad or whatever that is. Like that's the stuff that's that's coming up and hopefully will be dealt with in therapy, but what's really hard to do is to put him also in a position like saying, "Why didn't you stick up for me?" That's also a defensive you know, that's yeah. also very difficult because if he doesn't know how to stick up for himself and probably never did as yeah. a child or with these mm -hmm. women, it doesn't matter how much he loves you. It's going to, he doesn't have the tools yet. He hasn't learned how to stick up for yourself, but with love. And mm -hmm. remember, if that's his blueprint for women, like you're also that woman in his life, another strong yeah. willed, mm -hmm. powerful woman. So remember mm -hmm. that when you're dealing with him, because mm -hmm. you want to have your own dynamic with him. So that there's Absolutely. also value in dissecting that in therapy with alone and with each other. Oh my gosh. He's never really uncovered any truths about his past until recently. Mm. So while I'm like repairing from what happened on the camping trip, he's repairing from all, all these years of trauma and, and from his childhood, unlearning things that he learned as a kid. Yeah. Wow. Well, that kind of patience is huge. And, and, you know, I've found in really my relationships that I'm always better off if I somehow give them the space to have whatever without being the one that says, you have to do this and I yeah. want this. And because mm -hmm. you can do all that, by the way, the fact that he's going to therapy with you is huge. Huge. Yeah, huge. It, it is huge. Oh, yeah. And 
I think that that's where you guys can heal, you know, mm -hmm. I think in that together. And that's just yours. That's nothing. To, that's not his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We did make the decision this year. I was going to ask you. So my birthday is the day after Christmas. Um, his birthday is on the 30th. And every year on Christmas Eve, we go to his uncle's house for this big Christmas Eve thing. His sister and his nephew go and his mom and dad and just kind of an intimate Christmas Eve thing. We made the decision not to go just because his sister's going to be there. It, it was hard, but we made the decision. So I was listening to him one day, we were on our lunch break and he got emotional talking about not going to Christmas Eve. So I'm like, well, I'm going to throw a surprise party for him. I've got to do something for him. Like I got to, I've got to repair this. He's upset. So I texted his mom and I said, I'd love to throw a surprise party on the 30th on his birthday. I'd love for you guys to be there. If you could bring his nephew and if you could reach out to the, his uncles as well to come, I would love that. And they said, what his mom's response was, this puts us in an uncomfortable position because she, they wouldn't want to bring the son without his mom. They're basically his right. sister. And I understand that for sure. But but now I'm like, well, since I was shot down, I, that was kind of embarrassing because I've put myself out there. Yeah, but you're being defensive again. You're being defensive. Yeah. But yeah. also you put mm -hmm. yourself out there in a way that's very hard because what that is that's almost like you're doubling down yes by going mm -hmm. oh yeah well i'm gonna throw this party for him that's not and the then but putting them in a position where they're not gonna invite their own daughter so that's not correct what you did okay i'm gonna be very honest with you obviously because i can't be anything else but i think mm -hmm. you are really coming from a place where you have to adjust a little bit now too these people definitely mm -hmm. have adjustments to make but you need to adjust because you're putting them in a position where they have to leave out their daughter for their son's birthday birthday party. Think about that. That's not cool yeah. for you to do to, to a family. And that is a disruption to a family. And if the most mm -hmm. generous thing you can do is send his mother a text back and say, you know what? Okay. I understand that this puts you in a difficult position. He's very upset about missing Christmas Eve. Either agree to go with him yeah, and go together say, and bury the hatchet and send everyone an email beforehand saying, this is a, such an important holiday for your boyfriend and I want to be there for him and I just want to be there in support and love and I don't want to have any issues or any problems. However you want to say it in the most gracious way you can find. Unearth mm -hmm. all of the therapy that you have gleaned and use it and give it out right now. And, and then go to this Christmas Eve dinner if you can. If not, let him go without you. You know, let him be with his family. Don't take people's families from them. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I definitely don't want I don't want it to be my decision at all. Right. But just offer it up. I say offer it up. I mean, I was going to say that early. I was just trying to ease into it. But um, <laughs> I think the best thing you can do for him and for yourself mm -hmm. is to go to. Yes. Now, I don't I don't believe they've uninvited you. I'm assuming not. But to go and kill him with kindness. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, I'm sorry I didn't help you in the kitchen. I know holidays are really stressful. I wasn't thinking properly. Jump in the kitchen and be like, I'm cleaning all the dishes or without making it a thing, but saying like, I apologize. What can I do to help? Yeah. You don't even have to bring mm -hmm. up the dishes. Just go there this time and help. And right. do all the things that they accused you of. Just go in there. You don't have to make it a thing. Have a conversation. Just show by example that you heard what they said, regardless of how they came to you and regardless of the altercation that happened on the boat. You be the bigger person. This is a huge opportunity for you to go in. You are going to leave that Christmas Eve dinner feeling fucking victorious. Yeah. 
God, I hope so. <laughs> you are. I promise you, you are. You're going to report back to us right after also. And it's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself and for your boyfriend. And you need to apologize to his mother for putting them in that situation also. Just say, you know what? I'm, I wasn't was thinking. Ab- You're right. I wasn't thinking. That wasn't right. I'm very sorry for doing that. And I apologize. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then leave it at that. <laughs> Just then that's it. You put that in a text back to her, you know? When she said you're putting us in an uncomfortable situation, was that a text from her? Yeah, that was a text from his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you should apologize to her. Say you're right. I didn't see it that way. I get it now. And then whether you want to text them about showing up for Christmas or talk to your boyfriend and how he wants to handle it, but let him know that you're ready to go and play ball and have a great time and there are no hard feelings and you can deal with the other stuff later. Do you think that I should have a conversation with his sister? I just don't see a no confrontation kind of. Well, you can send her a text or an email and just say, hey, listen, Christmas Eve is coming up. This is what's your boyfriend's name? Taylor. Taylor, I I know we have some stuff, unfinished business or whatever, however you want to frame it, but be like, this is the holiday season. I just want Taylor to be with his family and be happy. I know this is meaningful to him. I'm going to do my best to show up for you guys in the ways that you don't think I have or whatever. Just, you know what I mean? Vaseline the whole situation and then go in there and demonstrate the fact that you heard what they said and you're, you're still in therapy. You guys have all the time in the world to figure out the nuances and the intricacies of how you want to handle the situation. But in the meantime, go and show yourself and make the situation lovely. It's a good challenge for yourself. You don't have to get into it with anybody. If anyone says anything untoward towards you, just let it roll over, you know, let it roll off your back. Use it as an exercise. And also you've said more than one time, I don't want it to be my decision. Well, it has to be your decision, but it has to be your decision under the right auspices, you know, with the right heart, because mm-hmm. he's in trauma with the all with the whole process yeah. and mm-hmm. dealing with issues that he's had with his parents or with his mom and his sister. You know, this is not the first time I'm sure something they have put him in some this position before. He's looking to you also without saying it to make a decision, but do it because of love and they won't have anything to fight against. But, you know, Chelsea's right. Like, the actions are going to speak louder than any text, any words. Yeah, and I want you to think about it in this way. When you go in there, this relationship may work and, and there, or this relationship may not work. But either way, they were always going to look back at the Christmas Eve that their son missed and blame the girl that was be- the cause of that. Yeah. So don't be that girl. 100%. Go be mm-hmm. the girl that actually looked over all of it and said, fuck it, we're coming anyway. I'm a bigger person than this. I'm not going to let you bring me down. I'm going to be here to support my boyfriend and I'm going to be here and show you what a loving family member I can be just for now, just so that that's not the memory that any of you have that he missed a Christmas Eve with his family because of some woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And your son, too. It's really good for your son to see how mm-hmm. you've processed this information and see how you show up. Oh, yeah. See how you show up for yourself. And the graciousness of that is mm-hmm. is such a good trait. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, yeah. I, I really need to stop being defensive. Yes, stop being <laughs> defensive and think of these two words, grace and dignity. Grace and dignity. Whenever I am dealing mm-hmm. with somebody that I want to fucking kill... I think about grace and dignity. And then I just exude that. Oh my God. And yeah, and putting myself in an uncomfortable position is only going to be beneficial for me. You know, nothing bad can come from that. They also, you know, they've put you in a position to, it's like they're trying to win, right? And so 
if you cower mm-hmm. away or then pull him away, mm-hmm. they've they've won. You know, they've won and they're right in everything they've said. But if you show them right, that yeah. they're actually not right, and this is how and this is why, then there's nothing else. Either there's something much, much deeper and it'll come out or it won't come out. But yeah. the important thing is, is that you are taking this and saying, wow, I had no idea. Whether you agree mm-hmm. with it or not is not the point. Yeah. And these little gestures. Like I hurt them in some way and just that alone. Did they ever say that word? You hurt me? No, but you know, there were a lot of different things that happened that were said. I don't really remember all of them. I just immediately put up a guard, immediately got defensive, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like y'all never said this to me. And that's kind of what I was focusing on was the fact that they've never said that to me, but they're saying it now. So now I address it, you know? Yes. And also, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the way you've really always felt about me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to do anything to you and that it was never my intention and and try mm-hmm. not to play like a victim role at all yeah just try not to yeah. be emotional about it mm-hmm. i understand you have your emotions and you have your right to them but like mm-hmm. just try to be even and just think about grace and dignity throughout the whole thing even if someone says something untoward or unkind or a little you know slight you can just look the other way and just not engage yeah not react. It's not your place. You're just here to support your boyfriend. That's it. Yeah. Don't make it about me. Right. Yeah. 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 And don't make it a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're the gal coming in to keep him from his family. Yeah. I'm, I'm being the bigger person. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah. And yeah, don't expect a, like a medal or anything either. (laughs) Like that's the, that's (laughs) maybe like, but I've done the altruistic thing. Fuck them. You know? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's not the way it works. And it's like, it's almost like you have to do a random act of kindness, you know, (laughs) a very targeted random act of kindness. Yeah. To snap out of it. My mom used to pay the toll of the car behind us. And then just keep driving. And she and I'd say, oh, well, you know, they don't know it's you. And she goes, that's why it's a random act of kindness. You don't pull over on the side of the road and point to yourself. I paid me, you know. You're welcome. No, No, you do it without getting anything back. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Jesse, let us know how it goes, okay? And I will. Very good luck. (laughs) Thank you. And your son. It's the best thing to do for your son, too. Yeah, conflict resolution. We've been talking a lot about about that, like how kids will see arguments and they don't see them resolved. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't thank y'all enough. This was like huge for me, and I'm just I'm really, really, really happy that I got to talk to y'all. Today. All right. Well, good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you. And keep us <laughs> Thanks, posted, Jesse. Okay. Thank you. I will. All right. Bye. 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 Brooke, you're so good at this. Oh, God, I've never done anything like this before in my life. I'm sweating. You guys, she took up our whole fucking episode. I was like, oh, my God, this is a serious situation. Because you know what? When that call started, I was like, same. Once they, I realized what they said to her, I'm like, well, wait a second. Maybe they have a fucking point because, you know, there are obviously two sides to every story. And then with her defensiveness, I'm like, okay, we're going to have to spend a little extra time with her because she does need to take it down a notch. Right, right. If someone showed up in my house, I don't care who they are, and they didn't at least attempt to help with the dishes, right. it's like 101. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So that's a know. little bit askew, right? You don't say, yes. nobody's going to say, can you come help with the dishes as a guest? No. Yeah. They don't have, that's not their job to ask you. It's your job to get up. My mom, this, I was, I was like a kid, kid, like five or something. And I went over to this little rich boy's house. And after we were finished eating, I brought my dishes to the sink. 
And the mom called my mom later and said, yes, well, we just want you to know that we have people to do that. And so you tell your daughter that she, she shouldn't bring her dishes to the sink. And my mother said, well, we don't have people. And don't worry about it because she's never coming over to your house again. Click. <laughs> she was always like, come on, come on, you got to do it. it. Their little things go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. So um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap up with Brooke and Chelsea. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. 
You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. And we're back to wrap up with Brooke Shields, who has been a delight. As Oh, my God. Yes. Good advice, Brooke. We, that was our longest call ever, I think, Catherine. I think so. But it was complicated. <laughs> well, I'm kind of verbose. No, I'm, I was down for it. Listen, I could have been on the phone with her all day. I'm, I'm down with that. Right. <laughs> totally. Well, you know what, Brooke, do you have any advice you'd like from Chelsea? Yes, Brooke. Do you have any advice you would like to ask me? <laughs> well, there was one <laughs> bit of advice that I was like, because I don't, this is really from your special, because I'm really bad with any kind of drug. Like I can't take anything. And I was like, I'm going to ask her what she thinks would work for me to sort of dial me down a little bit every once in a while so that I could relax a little more. Yeah, honestly, I don't think you're I don't think you're cut out for drugs either. I th- I know what you mean. I know. I mean like a hit of a joint would be fine for you. Not an edible because those are like long being. But like just a hit, not a joint. But just a hit would just take the edge off and make you a little bit loosey-goosey and and giggly and not probably as tightly wound as you may feel because I can I know you and I you've talked about it and you know, I feel tightly wound a lot of the times too even though people would find that hard to believe. I am, you know, I can be really stressed out about stuff. And I find a hit of a joint, not a smoking a joint. A cannabis drink would be good too. I'll send you some Leisure Town. Here, so you know what I do though is I try to beat it. Like I try to win at it. Mm. <laughs> so the, the moment where you go, wait a minute, did I? Did I just go somewhere and now I'm back? I'm that makes me pa- like panic. Yeah, no. Like, so you need to have like less sleep. than two and a half milligrams. You need Leisure Town. <laughs> this is a cannabis drink that has two and a half milligrams. You have to start with that and it just microdose, and that's it. Mm. And that's all you need, and you will feel it. And you won't get crazy and you won't go overboard. Okay. I mean, I like tequila. Oh, you do tequila like tequila. Yeah, I well, do like, I love well, tequila. There's nothing wrong with drinking. You don't have a drinking problem, Brooks. So you don't have to worry about becoming your mother. That's already right. a wrap. Like you're not that person. Right. <laughs> right. I do have one question though. This is a different type of question. As a, you, you said you're not an actress, but you really, your talent and your performance, the level of rejection that is in this industry. Yes. How do you find the way to say, no, I'm, I'm really good and I'm going to keep putting myself out there and I'm not going to take it personally? You know, when you get doors slammed in your face or you don't get so many of these things, what's the thing inside you that makes you say, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. I will not be rejected like this. I'm a hustler. God, that's me too. And you're always going to, you've been here this whole time. So you've been here for 30 something years, 40. Well, for you, I don't even know how many 50, years. 57, because yeah. I started when I was 11 months old. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. And so you've been here this whole time. So you're not going anywhere. So fuck anybody who says no. Listen, rejection fucking sucks. I'm rejected all the time too. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But it's not all there is. There's always, there's acceptance and there's the one person that says yes or the one person that gives you the deal or the opportunity or the podcast or this or that. Mm-hmm. And when you're a hustler, you will always find a way. So that's what you are. That's the way I've lived my life. And, you know, people say to me, oh, you have such a varied career. I'm like, well, why do you think that is? It's because <laughs> when I'm shut out over here, I'm like, oh, God, write a book or, you know, and right. it's because I will not not be creative in some way or another. I just I hadn't heard you say it that way. 
I've always, when people say, how are you? I say, it's all a hustle, no matter what. It's yeah. all a hustle. Yeah. And there's something liberating about that too. So yeah. You know what? Also, I'm proud of being a hustler. I love that. That's a Me fucking too. great way to be. Yeah. My mom would be proud <laughs> of both <Yeah>. of us. <laughs> Well, thank you, Brooke, so much. It was such a fun time talking to you. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Thank you. You look like you're in a beautiful, snowy place. I hope you're in a special place, whatever that is, and enjoying the weather. Thank you. Thank you. I am. Good. Feel better. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you. Don't forget to watch my special on Netflix, you guys. Revolution. It's a revolution. So if you'd like advice from Chelsea, just send us an email at dearchelseapodcast at gmail.com. Dear Chelsea is a production of iHeartRadio, executive produced by Nick Stumpf, produced by Catherine Law, and edited and engineered by Brad Dickert. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.